I've heard it be said that we must stay positive when it comes to the work, the work of God. Yes? How many agree that we need to stay positive about the work of God? Because sometimes it can get taxing, right? If I get out the house lights up just a bit so I can see some faces and, you know, staying positive in the work of the Lord sometimes can get a little trivial, right? And so, man, because it becomes labor. But how many know that that we got to stay positive? You know, like TGIF, right? You got to stay positive. You know what TGIF means, right? Yep. Thank God I'm found. Right. So, that's right. So, that's the way the kingdom works, right? Thank God I'm found. Some of you are like, that's not what I was told. But that's the kingdom directive, right? Thank God I'm found. And so if we keep this TGIF mentality of thank God I'm found, how many know that our work toward the Lord becomes very different? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying to you that it's very easy for us to look at our lives as it is instead of where we came from. God has brought us from a place of misery, Some of us addiction, some of us broken this and broken that. And he's brought us to a place where maybe we're not quite there yet, but God is working on us. Right? Maybe our relationships are not quite 100% yet, but we're moving in that direction. Maybe we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. Right? So that TGIF mentality of thank God I'm forgiven or thank God I'm found, right? The idea is that we were once lost, but now we're found, right? And so the mentality is we don't approach ministry or the work of God as people who were always found or always forgiven. We come from a place of, man, there was once a day. When I didn't know Jesus. There was once a day that I did not know God. There was once a day. Where I was completely. Gone. Flatlined in my faith. Completely broken. It is God that put the pieces. Together. Thank God. I'm found. TGIF. Stay with me. TGIF. Thank God I'm found. So the work of the kingdom is a dramatic turn from the the kingdom of this world, right? The work of the kingdom takes dramatic turn when we start to see it as redeemed people instead of I must ream people. Right? Redeemed people as opposed to I must ream people. I must tell them how wrong they are. I must tell them how messed up and sinful. That's my job, Lord. To tell people how messed up they are. I'm sorry, a lot of of people beat you to it. Because I look on the news and I continuously can see a constant array of reminders that I'm not perfect. Do you? You see that? So we don't come from an avenue of I must ream people, but I must redeem people. Or I must help people to understand that I too was once lost and I am a redeemed person. Hebrews tells us this. May he equip you with all you need to do for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever. 
endeavor. Amen. I want to talk to you about the father's business this morning. The father's business. Real simple thought, but profound if we begin to adopt this in our lives. Some of you remember Jesus being uh, a child. And some of you remember the story of Mary and Joseph and them leaving the town. And they were like, I feel like I forgot something. They were on a plane and they yelled, Kevin! Oh wait, no, sorry, wrong story, sorry, wait. Backtrack, um. No, 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 I'm sorry, they were on a, yeah, they, I'm sorry, yeah, they were on a donkey. And so, they were like, Jesus! That's the Spanish version, I grew up, you know. They had to travel back. Jesus was in the temple. You remember this? And then they said, what were you doing? They said, asked him and they questioned him. And he stood and replied what? I'm right here. I'm about the father's business. Friend, we must always be about the father. Redeemed people are about the father's business. We are. We just plain are. Now let me dive in here because, man, you've heard so much and experienced so much this morning, but we got to hear from the word. Amen? God wants us to be positive about his work. The Christian mindset and mentality is that oftentimes we get so caught up in so much that we do, we forget that we were once lost, but now we're found. And, and so we have to be about the father's business. And so we find ourselves um, following Jesus and forgetting certain things. So my job here this morning is to help you realize a few things. Number one, your desire and ability to work are a part of God working in you. A lot of people think, I have to study so I can tell other people about Jesus. Yeah, but you missed a step. And this is something that preachers sometimes we got to be careful about, right? That we're not, we don't study just to prepare a message, but we study to prepare the man. Tell me like, but I'm a woman. That means a man too. Just relax. Right? Man in general. We study to prepare the man, not the message. We study to show ourselves approved. Who? To who? To you? I want to study to show myself approved so that you know I'm a good pastor. That's wrong. If I study just to make you feel better, I missed everything. The whole thing's gone. Out the door. But I show myself, I study to show myself approved unto God as a workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. But this doesn't just happen to pastors or ministers. Every single one of us study, should study, to show ourselves approved to God. So, When we desire to work for God, we have to realize that God starts working in you first. So when you are about the father's business, I want to teach a little bit this morning. I'm going to preach a little bit, but I want to teach a little bit this morning because I believe when you follow Jesus, you realize that your desire and your ability to work are a part of God working in you. That's where it starts. God working in you. The work of God is very important. Raise your hand if you believe the work of God is important. The rest of you, come along board, because it is. 
Work has always been a part of God's plan, right? You know, you don't work, you don't eat. That's Thessalonians right there. You don't work, you don't eat. Come on, somebody. Today's text says that God will start a work in us before we begin to do his work. So he starts in us. Did you get that? So if you go back to that Hebrews for a moment, that Hebrews passage, may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. Did you notice that it was you twice before we got to him? Look at it. May he equip it. Uh, may he equip you with all you need. I know. Everything you need to be able to do what he needs you to do. Hebrews also talks about making you perfect, to make you perfect. One translation uh, frames it to make you perfect. Some of you are like, Pastor Tony, that happened years ago. While I can certainly stand there and maybe agree with you, none of us have reached true perfection. But one thing is for sure, we're sure trying, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I I kind of fell off. Stop trying for a while. Let's continue to try to work ourselves toward God. No, we will never be perfect on this earth. Truly perfect. Truly perfect. But Jesus encouraged us to work toward perfecting our faith. There's a difference between being perfect and perfecting our faith. Is that right? Who's there? Perfecting our faith is a daily process. It's a sanctification. It's God working out. Look at me. Looking out while looking in. Looking at our outward appearance because that's a representation of what is happening inside. But he's working in us. So maturity does not come through wishing or hoping. Hello? Your loving God doesn't come through wishing and hoping. I hope I get to my devotions today. You know how you get to your devotions? Shut off Netflix for 30 minutes for crying out loud. All right, some of you are like, Dad, he just don't mess with my Netflix. It's holiday season. No, you can do it with one less Hallmark movie. Come on, somebody. You know what's going to happen? Someone's going to bake some cookies. There's a city person that's going to go to the suburbs. And they're going to fall in. Hot cocoa will be involved. Somebody will be snowed in. A car will not run anymore. They're stuck in a cabin with someone they don't appreciate or understand. No Wi-Fi connection. Did I just mention every Hallmark movie ever made? Yes, I did. Yes, I... Don't get jealous because I did it and you didn't. You can turn that off for 30 minutes and get with God and say, God, work in me, perfect in me what it is you want to do. Amen? And so we desire and, and to want to do more. But So here's what Philippians says, because I, 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 need to, I need to get this in real quick here. Philippians chapter 2, dear friends. Some of you, just look at the screen if you don't see it. Philippians 2. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. 
And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Hello? Work hard to show the results of your salvation. This is, this is to the church of Philippi. This is for believers. Did you know that? This is a letter written to the church of Philippi. And he was writing to the believers to tell them what? Working is not a bad word. Hello? The social, this socialist mindset that's happening around the world. Working is not a bad word. Work is a four-letter word, but not that four-letter word. Hello? It's not a bad word. Work. Work is important. And, 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 even, and even in this here Philippians passage, we see, this, we see this idea. Work hard to show the results of what? Look at me. To show the results of your salvation. The results of your salvation. Not to be saved. Some people, you may have come from a denomination, a church, a place, even a home where your parents said you had to work your way to earn God's approval. I'm telling you, that's not scriptural. It doesn't say work so that you can be saved. It says work because you're saved. The salvation happened before the work. God saved you because he realized if he don't save you, you really can't do good work unless you're saved first. You can do good things, but not kingdom work. You can't do kingdom work without knowing Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit through you. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit, say it with me. Through you that allows us to process everything that we're doing. It allows us to walk in Christ's likeness. There's no way you can walk in Christ's likeness without Christ himself. Without the Holy Spirit working in us. So, let me go on. Let me continue reading for a moment. Work hard to show the results of yourself. I didn't say that. The scriptures did. You got a problem? Take it up with Paul. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and what? Fear. That's different than the fear that we often talk about. That fear is a result of loving God and understanding his role in our life. Verse 13, for God is working what? In you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases who? Man? Pastor? Workplace? No. Him. So when the students got up here a few weeks ago, how many appreciate our youth ministry? How many appreciate what God is doing with Pastor Corey and Nisa and the, uh, the youth team when Chase and Andrea, they're helping out there and being a part of that wonderful team. They had teens come on up here and they start talking about how God was working in their lives. You know why? Because we believe that God wants to work in anyone that's open to him. And so what we believe that when we give that, that to God, that desire to please God to him, we say, I want to please you, master. It's an audience of one. Sammy, when you dance, there's an audience of one. They're just, everybody else is along for that ride. Whenever you do your gift, Shane, whenever you drum or, or, or whenever you sing or whenever you play or whenever you serve in one capacity, you know what that is? That's the same thing what Sammy did up here. Different, but the same. It looks different on the surface, but you know what ultimately it is? It's all service. It's all unto him. 
So whatever that looks like, continue to do it. Whatever that looks like in, in serving him. So then it goes on. This is where it gets tricky, right? Paul, Paul's pretty good at stepping on toes sometimes. Anybody know that? Anybody ever read a scripture and said, ouch? Yeah, Paul does that. He's an ouchy guy. He's an ouchy one. He says this, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And I love this last verse. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Not good. He's saying, hold firmly to the word of life. Hold firmly to the life that is found in scripture. Ephesians 3.20, let's flip there for a moment. Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and amen. Wow. Glory to him. Because everything that we do should be glory to him. Amen. God perfects us in good work. God has a will for everyone. Did you know that he has a will for you? If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you have, everybody check your pulse if you're not sure. But if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. But I want to note two things here. Two facts about the will of God. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to come back next week and build on this a little more. But two facts about the will of God that you need to understand here this morning. Here it is. Number one, the will of God is not perfected in us by our own works and efforts. The will of God is not perfected in us by our own works. The will of God is perfected instead now watch this because we can try and try and try to work up the energy to do God's will but we will fail if we do it within our own strength is that true okay let me ask you this how many of you said to yourself I'm going to do this from now on and three days later you're like I changed my mind Okay, that's three days. Okay, so how many have ever said, I'm going to do this from now on? Three hours later, you're like, I can't do it anymore. That really switched, didn't it? Went from three days to three hours, and y'all like, yep, that was me too. In fact, three hours ago. Why? Because our will is frail. Our ability to maintain what we want to do sometimes can be frail. Now listen, I know some people that have the mindset of an iron horse. They are a bull and they are charging toward their goal. You ever met somebody like that? And they'll run over anybody and anyone to get to their goal. There's people like that. And you don't have to be a Christian to be like that necessarily. And I encourage you not to run anybody over in any way whether it's a bike, car, or just in day-to-day life. But there are people that have a mentality like that. How many know that spiritually we need to be that way? 
We need to say, God, I have a, I have a goal that I know you have for me and I want to do that, but I can't do it within my own self. Be that strength I need, be that source I need to fulfill your will in my life. Because the number one thing we need to fulfill in our lives is God's will. Can I get one amen for that one? Right? It is the most important thing we can possess. And that's his will in our lives. And so the will of God is not perfected by our own works, but his. So let me say this. No matter what we do, we can never perfect ourselves. Our works and our efforts will cease and pass away. But we can be perfected in the process. So here's number two. The will of God can only be perfected in us by God himself. God himself. That is why believers are the most powerful people on the planet, bar none. If you're a believer here this morning, look at me. You are a supernatural being. Supernatural. His super, your natural. God put your super on my natural. Because there's no way that I can do this by myself. When you operate in the natural natural, you fail. When you operate in the supernatural, you can't help but win. Because guess what? I read the end of the book and we win. I found this out. And so in case you didn't get to Revelation yet. We win. We win. But we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And the will of God can only be perfected by God himself. God himself must work in us, stirring in us the gift that he's given in us. So that we can then do his work. He stirs, he stirs, he lets go. He stirs, he stirs, he lets go. Because he gives you a chance to respond. So this morning, some of you were stirred, stirred, stirred. Now he leaves it to you. What are you going to do with it? Stir, 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 let it marinate. I'm Latino, I know marinate. You gotta marinate things. Right? Anybody cook? Anybody cook? Raise your hand if you cook. Raise your hand if you let somebody else cook. Okay, raise your hand if you cook. Raise your hand if you let somebody else cook. Some of you are very confused. I just wanna see that you're interacting. Some of you are like, oh, I cook, I don't cook. I, wait, what? Dear Jesus. Marinate is very important. Why? Because it takes in everything in its surroundings. Some of us need to marinate in the presence of God. And let all the power of God just embed in us. The will of God. Amen. I'm going to read you a few more things. And I'll come back. And we'll come back next week and deal with some of the other things. Watch this. Number two. So what was number one? What was number one? Your desire and ability to work are part of God working in you. Amen? You agree with that? If you don't, that's okay. You'll come around. Number two. You must realize that work is the Christian's duty. Luke 17.10. Watch this. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are, watch this. We are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. I'm going to read that again. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say you are unworthy servants. We are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. New Living Translation. I love that. I'm an unworthy servant, friends of God. Listen to me. We are unworthy servants 
that are only doing the will of the Father. So we can come to him with no pride and say, God, if it was up to me, I'd be lost. But it was up to you and you saved me. And as an unworthy servant, I have simply done my duty. The believer is to be humble. We don't have, we don't have too many examples sometimes about humble believers. Right? Because the moment someone becomes a bestseller, they change sometimes. Yeah. Certain people that we look up to, certain, you know, they get elevated to a position or they get really popular. And this, unfortunately, we live in a day where social media does catapult people before they're ready. Yeah. Social media catapult. I got 1,600 new followers today. All of a sudden, you get real cocky about. And what once was about the father's business is now about growing my own or starting my own. This is not about your business and not being successful. You hear me? If you have a business to God, you should be as successful as God is giving you favor. This is not about that. But what I'm saying is that God is calling people to the secular, to the secular workforce to be kingdom-minded because the day of, of just doing Christian church here, and this is what full-time ministry looks like, that's long gone. God is looking for people to now step out and go, I'm going to be a Christian this, and a Christian that, and a Christian this. and a, Hello? I'm going to be a believer that is in the workplace showing the will of God and the work of God and the love of God everywhere I go. Because I am about the Father's business. Are you with me? We are unworthy. Raise your hand if you're unworthy. Come on, somebody. We're unworthy. No man should claim that he has done all he should do. But we know this. We fall short of the glory of God. So no matter how much we do or how great the work, there's no room for pride or arrogance in the kingdom of God. We boast of what? The Lord. I will make my boast as unto the Lord. In other words, I boast about what he did with me. So when I share a testimony, watch this, I share what he's done in me, not what I got to do. You heard that earlier even. God working in a gift and working in that. Just when I thought it was over, no, no, I got something else. How many of you have been wrestling with that today? Huh? How many of you have been wrestling with where am I supposed to be in this? Well, am I, I feel so trapped in this world sometimes i don't even know where my place is can i tell you something when you want to find the will of god you got to find the feet of god marinate in the presence of our father when you are about the father's business that's where be still and know that i am god does not mean don't do ministry because i've heard that interpreted that way horrible interpretation by the way People will be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to be still and not do any ministry. Stop. That's not what the scripture means. It means stop your will. Stop your plans. And look to me, and I will give you the plans. That doesn't mean stop working. That doesn't mean stop serving. Find your place, and then if it's not that, pray and work somewhere else until you hear otherwise. But work, do something for God. Because Jesus himself was about the father's business. And you know what? 
At that moment when, when he said, I was, I was about the father's business, it kind of taught us a lesson, didn't it? That God is not looking at age. Hello? He's not looking at age. He's not. So maybe you're young in this room. I need every young person to look at me. I need every middle-aged person to look at me. I need every seasoned saint to look at me. God is not done with you or you would have been gone. You're still here. Not good news? He's not done with you. So if you walked into this room today and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I don't know about what God has for me. You're in the right place. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me in a moment. Can I ask you to do that? I'm going to ask you to do something. Close your Bibles for a moment and look up at me for a second. Because when we talk about the father's business, we talk about one who has perfected it in so many people before you. How many know that God has worked on many miracles before he met you? Let me say this like this. It would probably be more accurate. God has worked many, many miracles before you met him. Because he knew you back when you were in the womb. So that's not fair. I was even longer, right? He knew you before you were in the womb, but you didn't know him. You didn't know him. You knew that there was something more. Because some of you walked in today knowing that there's more to life. And I'm telling you, you know how you know there's more to life? When you start doing the father's business and you start realizing, wow, my calling is what I'm doing for the father. When you're doing your own business, it tends to trickle and fall apart piece by piece. But when you are about the father's business, sometimes you begin to see happen. Things happen all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did that happen? And then something else happens. And suddenly another door opens up and you're like, this is too much. I've talked to people. In fact, right here stood a man a few days ago. You guys can play that. A few days ago, there was a man that stood here. It's a man that I admire very much. And I won't go into the details, but it was a minister's meeting that we were hosting here at Freedom. And this man has been pastoring the same church for 47 years. 47 years. Somebody of God pastor stood here and said, I've been pastoring this church for 47 years. And I stood, and he's the type of guy that, um, and I said this to a couple people here this week. I said, he's the type of guy I just want to sit with and not say anything. Just listen to him. But he's not the guy that just keep talking because he's full of wisdom. And he's waiting to hear what was happening around him too. So he asked questions to me and I'm like, well, this is what we do here. and This is what we do there. And then he starts talking. And I'm like, just tell me more. I just, want, I just want to hang out with you. Can I buy you lunch just so I can hang out with you longer? 47 years. And you know what he said? There was a few things that he said that blew my mind. He says, there's times we just try stuff and hope that God blesses it. Because I think I heard from heaven. But I know that I'm about the father's business. So he'll bless it in one way or another. All I have to do is get right. Is it about the father's business? Is it about the father's business? So here today, this morning in part one of this two-parter, the father's business, I just wanted to give you something to, to, to kind of uh, take in and, and realize that today, some of you walked in focused on your own business. And can I, can I challenge you with this? If you flip it and let it be about the father's business, 
it'll go so much smoother. Believe that he can and will work in you and perfect in you the will of God. And so, man, I'm, I want to I wanna dive deeper, but I'm going to stop for a moment because there's no room for pride or arrogance. Because when we, when we find ourselves in pride and arrogance, you know what happens? It taps the brakes on the will of God in our lives for that moment. Not eternally, because God's blessing in our life is always going to be there as long as we're still available. But it can be delayed. How many know that blessings can be delayed? It can be. Blessings can be delayed. I want God's blessings right when he has it for me though. How do we get there? When we're about the Father's business. How do we get there? We start asking, Father, how can my life be more about your work instead of mine? Pray with me, would you? Right where you're at. If you're online, would you bow your heads with me for a moment? If you're here in the room live, would you just bow your heads just for a moment? And I want to invite you to pray with me. First, I want to pray over you. Father, let their minds be alert and their conscience be on you. Father, there's nothing in this world that we can do to earn your salvation, to earn our salvation, but to earn your your approval. The moment Jesus died, you approved of us because his death stamped my approval. Like a passport, he's given us a way into heaven. He stamped my eternal passport so I can travel for you and be about the Father's business for you, not for me. So God, I pray today for every person at the sound of my voice that each believer would realize that we are working toward blessing you and your kingdom. Not not working toward our salvation. We can't earn it. But we can take our salvation And showcase the goodness of God. My prayer today is that we would do that. In the name of Jesus. May our lives be a fragrant offering to you almighty. In Jesus name we pray. Would you do this with me? Would you just right where you're at. Maybe you want to extend your hands. Maybe to the sky or forward. Whatever. Just as an act of surrender. Right where you are. If you're at home, do this with us right now. And maybe you're in your living room. Maybe you're wherever. You're at work. Maybe it's odd if you put your hand out. But, but just put your heart out to the Lord right now. And just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean to Say, Jesus. I want to be about the Father's business. Holy Spirit. Refine in me. Direct obedience. So I can walk in the fullness of God and in fullness of obedience. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father's business.